know what ready means now. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. The door was closed. And so uh, what do you think I was doing in here? You didn't have to knock. I, I was know. sitting here by the mic waiting for you. The door was closed. What? I didn't know if you were changing. I didn't know if you were crying, if you needed a moment to yourself. I'm not. To a, shed a tear or something. I'm not crying on Potomac Sunday, darling. Okay. I'm only crying tears of okay. joy. So this is the Sabbath day. I forgot. It is. Oh, didn't Big Brother happen today? Uh, I have not watched the new episode yet, oh. but the feats have been crazy this week, <laughs> so I'm excited to watch so it. So do you think it's going to be a good season? How many gay people are on it? Uh, there is... Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so so there's the one gay guy, Derek F. There's Kyland, who is pansexual. Ooh. There is a girl, Sarah Beth, who has a girlfriend, so she's a lesbian. And guess what, Matt Palmer? What? My girl Claire is bisexual. <laughs> I love that that's like the big news of the week the, for That's you. the big news. Of the, you know, I was standing Claire in you the very were. beginning, and if Taylor Swift isn't going to be our bisexual queen, Claire will. Remember when that was a possibility? I know. And that was like on the table. Nope, now it's 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 Claire. Claire well, from Big Brother 23. Sure, <laughs> I couldn't pick her off a lineup, but she's our bisexual queen. <laughs> Welcome back to another Two Gay Matt's podcast. It's Matt Steele. And it's Matt Palmer. And another week it has been. We are now into the throes of July. Yes. It's getting middle. warm. And it's my mom's birthday today. So happy birthday to happy my birthday, mom. Happy birthday, mom. I forgot. I know. 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. Happy it's, birthday, Mrs. I'm trying Palmer. trying to think of this is also Jeff and Jean's wedding anniversary. I remember going to that. Remember? Went to that wedding. 2014 it was or 2015? I believe 2014 is right. Oh, I think 2014 wow. is right. We were and so young then. We were very young. And, and we still are. Yes. It's also Jax Taylor, formerly of Vanderpump Rules, birthday. Well, I don't know why I know that, but all of those things are true. These are important things to know. Very You're important. the one who's always yelling at me because I remember dates really well. This Look is at you remembering 7-Eleven. It's only one specific date. And it's my mom's birthday. And so when other things happen on that date, I'm like, oh, it's like my mom's birthday. Mm, and the 13th is Janie's birthday. Exactly. I, that's the thing. It's like cancer ladies. They do well. We love, my mom's a cancer. Is she? Yes. Well, I, I mean, I do. I, lo- I mean, I love your mom. Hey, so, cancer. Love my mom. Love Janie. Maybe that's why we're such good friends because your mom and my mom and Janie yes. are all <laughs> our friend. Janie are all. We were raised by three cancers. We were raised by three <laughs> cancers. It's true. I was raised from like post college onward by Janie. I yes. guess Janie is our mother Matt. now. It's true. Matt Steele. Yes. How are you? How I was mean, your week? My week has been wonderful. Yeah. As I told you, Big Brother has started, and I yes. just those feats have been. Nuts. Really? This head of household is uh, held by this guy, Frenchie, who yeah. is so lovable and sweet. But his head of household reign has been such a mess. And a good mess? Or like, is he doing poorly? No, he's... Uh, he Okay, <laughs> it's... He was originally going to do everything we wanted, and yes. then suddenly he formed an alliance with like thirteen people. Spoiler: there are sixteen including people in the, the guys. House. Yes, including everyone. And oh. so then it was just a mess, and yeah. everyone was confused. But now he's still on track to doing the exact thing that we want. Okay. But it took a while to get there. <laughs> it's it's just been a really confusing ride, and mm. I even haven't been I haven't even been able to make sense of it right. through just following the feed. So I'm excited to watch the edited episode, All right. so I can like. 
know the timeline of everything that that has happened because all the fans' comments on Twitter are just like, I'm confused. That's the thing. It sounds confusing. Yeah, but we have a great cast of characters. Claire, as we told you, bisexual queen. She's also like 12 feet tall. Love her. <laughs> um, there's also Tiffany, who's the oldest woman there. Okay. She's 40. She's the mother. Yes. She's gorgeous, black, with long braids. Yes. She is playing her. the best social game by a mile. Wow, okay. Incredible. And who knows what second week will hold for her. I'm it could excited. all go toppling down, but for now she's doing You know, great. I always talk shit about your brother because you get so excited at the beginning and then by week like five, you're like, it's awful. <laughs> I have a good feeling about this because of the diversity. Yes. I feel like because this is the first year of CBS being like we're doing the diversity casting, mm-hmm. I feel like you could have an actual good season. Well, and another great thing about this season is... As the years have gone on in like recent years, they cast just like a bunch of models. Yes. And it's like these are people with real jobs, still relatively hot. I'd still smash all of them. Okay. But <laughs> like they like we have so many scientists on there. We have this girl, Hannah, who's 21. She's the very first ever Big Brother contestant born past the year 2000, which is horrifying <laughs> to think about. But she's 21. She graduated high school when she was like 16. Wow. And is now like getting her PhD or Jesus. something. I know. So like people are like so intelligent. I think there's like maybe two or three people who are actively just like, I do Instagram, right. you know, so, uh, so not a big thing of diversity in like age. We want some more older contestants, yes. but still like. A lot of diversity this year. Everyone seems very level-headed, except that HOH. <laughs> who, he does still seem like very sweet and kind and yeah. smart and everything, but he his HOH has just been a mess. But I it, love it's, it. it's been a lot of fun. So it's been a. I would say more has happened in the first like forty-eight hours of them being in the house wow. than it happened in the entirety of last year. Good for season. you. You've I earned know. this. You've stuck out with the show during its awful seasons. You deserve a good season. Yes. So hopefully this season continues to to uh, be a treat. Yes. Yeah. And you know, the rest of this week was fine. Okay, good. I booked more acting work. We love nice. that. I'm on a hot streak, guys. Hey, it, congratulations. It's like this season of Big Brother. We're we're hot right now. Yes. We, it'll probably all come crashing down tomorrow. But right but, now? But right now. We're hot. We're hot. What about you? This, your week? My week has been also good. I, um, Jackson and I have made like very solid plans. We're going to be going on a vacation. Our first like time on a flight together since we've dated because most of the time we were dating was obviously during COVID. Mm. And so we are, are going to Puerto Vallarta at the beginning of August for four nights, five days. And we found a resort that looks very lovely. You nice. know, I love nothing more than to be sitting in a resort doing nothing on a vacation. He's more of a like, oh, I want to like go to museums or like experience the culture of a place so we're gonna like have some days where we go and do things like that and some days where we do literally nothing and okay. I can't wait but it's five days yes. so who has the extra day I mean is it an extra day of relaxation or is it an extra day of tourism it's truly four full days like one day we get in and then one day we're leaving gotcha. so those half days we're gonna have two days of doing cultural things gotcha. and two days of lying in a pool and getting you know swimming up to a bar and getting a pina colada which is like my favorite thing of course yes it's going to be lovely i'm I'm excited you can you can really see if you're compatible if you travel well together (laughs) i mean i think it's going it's been two years i think (laughs) we're pretty compatible but he doesn't love to fly we'll say not to be talking like spilling his tea on the podcast i don't think that's big tea to spell but i am like oh i'm gonna just sleep and like do nothing on the flight so i feel like i'm gonna have like 
a hand gripping my arm for most of the oh, flight. Oh, so he's like scared of flying. He doesn't do heights. He's not a heights person. Okay. Which I'm like, I want to do a zip line. And he's but, like, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting because he loves In the Heights. The he d- yes, yes, that is different. But he's not, yeah, in general, not a heights person, not a flyer. So maybe I will be a calming agent for him. I'm also like... Anybody has Xanax? <laughs> I feel like that's something we should try. Throw into the mix. But I think that'll be really lovely. And also, Real Housewives of Potomac came back tonight. And this has been a tough week for the Real Housewives of Potomac because uh, this happened, I think, July 1st. But it just, she just told us after 4th of July. Remember the bird? The what? Remember how Monique had a bird and she walked it to Karen's yes. house? The bird's name is T'Challa. Yeah. bird's name was T'Challa. Oh, no. T'Challa passed away in a quote-unquote freak accident. Oh, what could that freak accident possibly Where, I mean, been? I'm just getting things from the internet, but some people have said that a ceiling fan was involved. Oh, <gasps> I know. Oh, no. I know. It's devastating. That's and it's horrible. very sad. And it's also like... I loved Monique so much as we talked to Danny Pellegrino about. By the way, everyone seemed to love that Danny Pellegrino episode, which I enjoy. I'm glad people liked it. That was so much fun chatting with him. Maybe we'll have more people talking, you know, have more interviews, which will be good because truly, I feel like I say this every other week, but like we have truly no stories, (laughs) no new stories this week. So if you want to blather on about anything that's not Big Brother for a full hour, this is your week to do so. Okay. Um, But otherwise, the premiere was tonight. It was a special extended version. It was 75 minutes instead of just an hour. And there was a group scene at the end of it. Karen and Giselle were at each other's next. Giselle is very pissed about what happened at the reunion where Monique had her binder and talked about how Jamal was cheating on her and like read text messages from him and the mistress. But since Monique's not on the show, Karen was kind of like also a part of that like also kind of like side liming and chiming chiming in about this and so Giselle's made her mission to take down Karen but Karen's so funny and quick-witted that it's just like oh Giselle it's never gonna happen like just like Karen is the grand dame of Potomac so I think she's got this in the bag but it really started off on a strong foot I was very excited look at us two two shows I know starting off on strong yes I mean Potomac's been on strong feet it has recently you know it's on it's like the Matt Steele hot streak is happening for Potomac in the past several years yeah but but Potomac is also still relatively new it is it's I mean yes this is I guess it's sixth season so how new is it but it's okay but this is when the shows are really good by season like 11 and 12 it's when we need to start worrying <laughs> there's so many seasons I know that's why when Atlanta season's like oh wasn't that good it's like this it's 13th year on the yeah, air it's been so on TV for like most of our lives I know not so lives, uh, not most but a lot of um and so yeah so we need to give Atlanta its flowers Atlanta paved the way for Potomac's greatness now but they Potomac is in its zenith era at this moment so I am thrilled I'm over the moon and I'm trying to think of anything else I did this week. Um, I mean, I had a normal. It was we had that Monday off because of Fourth of July. We, we who's well, we girl? Oh, sorry, I was working on Monday. Those of us with nine to fives had our Mondays off because it was July Fourth observed, and that was lovely. I got mm. sick. I was sick this whole past week, but I'm back to my full health, so that's been good. Good. Um, and yeah, I feel like all is well in the Palmer side of the apartment. That's so beautiful. We love that. All is well in the uh, Matt Steele side of the apartment as well. Heck, in the, well the East. Wing. The East Wing. The I East love Wing. that for us. Um, so, okay, we're going to talk about a couple of news stories. You're going to be like, really, this is what we're talking about? But, like, if you have anything else to talk about, All right, guys, we'll banter. In. We'll banter. So this is news for idiots and um, some good news on the Matt Steele We Love Movies and Theaters front. 
Black Widow made a bunch of money. I mean, not shocking. Not shocking. But still good news, you know. Oh, yeah. I I heard that Florence Pugh, again, steals the show. Really? She is... So great. You love her. Oh, oh. Have you like never seen anything with her in it? I you think didn't I've see seen... Midsummer. You didn't see Little Women. You no. need to see Little Women. Okay. Oh, Little Women. That Greta Gerwig Little Women is just glorious. Is and she in uh she's not Lady Bird? No, that's your Sharona. No, that's Sir Sharona. Oh, then no, I don't know that I've seen Florence Pugh in anything. Okay. Out of these movies, I imagine you would like Little Women the most. Okay. All right. Well, maybe I'll see Little Women. But um Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow opened with 80 million US and I think international. Nationally, it opened like over 200 million in the world. It also was um, on, on Disney Plus, and people were paying $30 to watch it there. Mm-hmm. So it's a, I mean, we're getting in a, into a post COVID era and it's happening, you know. Um, I'm glad to see things be successful. F9 obviously was successful. So those big marquee action movies still have a place in the theaters. We yeah. love that for them. Have you seen a movie in a movie theater yet? I haven't. The thing is, I keep thinking like, oh, what is the first movie I see in the theater going to be? And I was it was going to be in the Heights. But then we went on that trip and we saw it in the theater in the like the basement of the Big Bear place we stayed at. So I don't have any movies I'm like excited to see, really. So okay. I mean, it's- what what do you think I should see in a theater? I don't know. I think you should see whatever you you are excited to see. I mean, it's summer. Summer movies right. tend to be more like um, actiony right. and stuff like that. It's like, so. is there an intimate movie coming out, like a family drama, dramedy? Because I love those. Uh, those movies aren't really hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I love those movies. Yeah. But you know, those movies tend to premiere on the Hulus. I'm curious about Zola. I'll say I that. I saw that. How is it? It's fun. It's okay. very fun. Uh, the Stylistically, it's so interesting. Yeah. And the performances are very good. I so, love it. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, if it's nothing until next April, it'll be the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 film, which the last, Girl. <laughs> the last movie I saw in a theater was Sonic the Hedgehog 1. So it would be a good, you know, kind of bookend to the pandemic. Okay, no, no. You're not waiting until, <laughs> when is it, April 20? April, like, yeah, April 2022. No, no. But I, I don't know what Oscar else. Oscar season starts around September. You, I'm sure there will be a quaint drama in there okay. that you would be interested seeing with okay. Jackson. I liked Knives Out. When's oh, Knives Out coming out? Oh, we are seeing West Side Story together. Oh, I guess I mean, we maybe will. we don't need to see that together. But we'll but have like, to talk about it on TV. Yes, you are place, seeing so. that in the yes. theater. I will punch you. Uh, Angort, Ag- Elgort. Oh, yeah. Yes, Dear Evan Hudson, I got to see that wig in motion. And yes. the big <laughs> the big screen has to show me that wig. But, um, I mean, yeah, I'll see those. I'll okay. see those. I'll see Dear Evan Hansen. Is there another way to watch West Side Story? Uh, is Spielberg? No, he's <laughs> wants that in the theater. Hey, he just made a Netflix thing. Maybe not for West Side not Story, for West Side Story. Girl. Okay, fine. He wants you in the theater for that, and you should do what Steven Spielberg I've wants. never seen West Side Story. Well, we'll watch the original movie first, okay. and then we'll watch it. You'll like it. It's, well, we it's have to watch show. the original movie soon, because I cannot like be seeing these back-to-back. I need to see two West Side Stories in the span of like two weeks. All right, cool. Jackson, if you're listening, come over. We'll he all watch he West likes Side the West Side Story. Story so, oh, um, the West Side Story movie. Excellent. When did it come out? Like 50s? 1961. Okay. Best picture winner, 1961. Is it black and white? No, it's not. Okay. Some things are very much in color, including the white people (laughs) (laughs) who are painted a little extra color. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Well, that'll be something. Um, yeah, okay. Well, then that's, that's coming up. So, yeah, I'll see something in the theater. And also, more good news for Scarlett Johansson. She's pregnant with her child. Oh, I didn't know this. Yes, Colin Jost has impregnated her. And so... <laughs> <laughs> 
It's an odd way of putting it. Okay, I mean, it's true. I guess it's not untrue. It is true. She's expecting her uh, second child. Oh, I didn't know she had another child. But this is her first child with Colin Jost, who is 39, and she's 36, and she's actually due soon. They're thrilled. I'm thrilled for them. I'm thrilled for them. So, you know, shouts out to special listeners, Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost. Coming with their um, new child sometimes. Uh, it's soon. beautiful that they're uh, branching out. Their family tree is branching yes, out. Yes. Yes, because she is a tree, as we all know. What? Is, oh, right. She can <laughs> act <laughs> as a tree. I was thinking dream girls. We are a family like a giant tree. Okay, I mean, that's, that wasn't really what I was going for. Well, I, I, sorry, I don't think of Scarlett Johansson <laughs> saying that she should are you, act as a tree all the time. Whenever I think of Scarlett Johansson, all I think about is her being like, I can play a tree. I, li- I just think of her being Asian, which is connected to that story, <laughs> of course, but that is what my thought is. Um, In Matt Steele news, more good news from the East Wing, Spice Girls wannabe turned 25. Ugh. Did you listen to, didn't they put out like a B-side of Wannabe that hadn't been released before? I don't know if it hadn't been released. Uh, uh, like to celebrate. You should look this up, sweetie. I think so. It was something I listened to a part of and I was like, oh, this is very R&B for Spice <laughs> uh, Girls. Is it Bumper to Bumper? No. That was the ori- I think that was the original uh, B-side of, of, of wanna- Wannabe. Of Okay, let me look it up. But I think they like, put out on streaming and maybe a new, a a, new song. If the Spice Girls released a new song. An unheard song. An unheard song. Feed Your Love. Do you know that song? I don't. It's on stream. It's on streaming right now. What the hell is this? Yeah. Okay, I guess right. I'm going to listen to it. I guess it. you are, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I imagine it would be very R&B. It was very R&B. Because Spice has a lot of R&B moments, but yeah. those B-sides are very really? R&B. Really? It's just like, what you, were y'all doing? Oh, you, they, you could tell they were like, we were going to be an R&B Like group. a TLC. Like a TLC type thing. It was it's the mid-90s. Right. Yes. That's, that's what was. That's uh, what was happening, and, sure. And Wannabe, they were like, they wrote Wannabe, and they were like, oh, no, let's like do like. Let's Fucking pop. And they, they're they the ones that brought back the pop. The rest movie, is so. history, I guess. Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary to the four remaining Spice Girls and uh, Victoria. Wow. <laughs> wow. Victoria's coming back Matthew. for something. For what? I don't know. Something 10 years down the line. I mean, she'll come back and be on the cover of the Wannabe 25 single, sure. But I don't know much after that. Um, in other news, Olivia Rodrigo has given Taylor Swift, Jack Antonoff, and St. Vincent writing credit on Deja Vu because in an interview, I believe she said that Cruel Summer inspired something in The Bridge. Huh. Something about like the chantiness or the talkiness over the bridge. Guys, this was unearned. Yeah. This no. is why you never publicly say any of your songs are inspired by other songs. This is a result of how Blurred Lines had to give Marvin Gaye's family all that money because they said that Blurred Lines was inspired by Got to Give It Up or some Marvin Gaye song. The songs are not alike. No. This is not a sample. And she's already giving Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff credit when she does sample them, that mm-hmm. New Year's Day sample. So, like, I... Uh, I just feel I don't know whose camp this came from. I can't really say that it was Taylor, but doesn't it feel like Taylor? That's ridiculous. ridiculous. If anything, she should be given credit to Paramore for "Good for You" sound. Honestly, like like misery. That song, misery business. That song is so much closer to misery business than this song is to. Oh, you can sing them like the chorus of "Good for You" over the chorus of misery business. A mashup was made immediately. Good for you came out, and it's great. It's great, but like. 
if anyone should be fighting for some sort of credit, it's Paramore. And it's it's one of those things that I honestly, you know, as much as I love Candy from Housewives of Atlanta, I, I kind of felt this way about Shape of You and No Scrubs. Like, people mm. were kind of hearing similarities. There was a mashup made of that. Those songs are not similar enough for Candy to be getting writing credit. No, that's like, not because that is not a writing credit. Like not. everything is inspired by right. something. You can't just say, "Oh, well, if you were inspired by this, then then uh, you're stealing this yes. idea." It's like no, right. everything that an artist creates is directly inspired by something. Like right. nothing comes like nothing comes from nothing. Exactly. That's ridiculous. It's just, yeah, I feel like it's silly. Clearly, it's already gotten worked out, and maybe there's no hard feelings there. But, like, Taylor, you have so much fucking money. This girl is just starting out and has praised you in every single interview ever. Like, come on. Yeah, that's those bridges are... I mean, those bridges have a similar feel. Yes, it's a feel thing. You cannot copyright a feel. And, like, barely a feel. <laughs> like, I don't know. There, I know. There's still more of, like, a relaxedness to the Deja Vu bridge. 100%. And the, the Cruel Summer Bridge is more driving. Yes. And perfect. <laughs> but still, like, yeah, that's kind Isn't of that crazy? weird to me. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad it's all been worked out and hopefully there's no bad blood there. Quote Taylor Swift. Um, Don't say that. I know, right? We're not quoting her. I'm not paying Taylor Swift for that mention of bad blood. But, um... <laughs> It just, it left a weird taste in my mouth when yeah, I read that. that is so, very weird. Something else that happened this week. Um, another thing that happened, and you know what? I've tried for a long time to be open-minded, not talk so much shit about Nick Cannon and his baby ways. <laughs> the fact that he's had four babies in less than a year by like several different mothers. He then, on his radio show, talking to rapper JT from the City Girls, said... I'm having these kids on purpose. I didn't have no accident. Trust me, there's a lot of people I could have gotten pregnant that I didn't. The ones that got pregnant are the ones that were supposed to get pregnant. That is such a weird thing to say. What What, what are you even saying? Especially the part where it's like, trust me, there are plenty of people I that I could have it's, gotten pregnant. It's like, oh, so you're like actively admitting that you just like sleep with a lot of people per, like in one year. And it's just like, okay, I get it. You have lupus. Maybe, I don't know his diagnosis. Maybe his life expectancy is less. And so this is his way of like leaving a mark on the world. But like, s- stop. <laughs> like, stop. That's too many kids in too short a period of time. Too many moms that all... Vaguely look similar. <laughs> and the names, guys, like Zillion <laughs> Air Cannon. Like, no. Zillion no. Air. It's Cannon. like, I, I don't even know. Air Cannon. Air is the middle name of Zillion. Rough. I cannot with this. It is honestly, and it's no one's fault. And Mariah obviously hasn't been doing as much since Christmas. She put out that we belong together thing. The last several times I've brought up Mariah Carey and mixed company, Nick Cannon and his child rearing has like the fact that he has so many children has come up. Mm-hmm. This is a mark. Like I, I understand their divorce now. Mariah is not responsible for him, but in some way they're always going to be connected. This is becoming embarrassing to me mm-hmm. as a fan of Mariah. It's just like too much. For what? What is the point of this? Like, it, it's just the fact that it's in such a short span yes. of time. Four kids in one year is a lot of children to it's father like, in a short period why? of time on purpose. And it's like, it's, if you want to have four kids, great, go for it. But like, the fact that it's in such a short period of time with so many different women. And that you already had three. And, yeah. You already had three other kids. You have now on seven. Are, how, when does this stop? Mm. 
I just don't understand the motivation here. I feel like he has a very backwards way of thinking of like, oh, my masculinity is proven or like my sperm is strong in this way or like I'm going to leave my mark on the world because I might not be here forever. But it's just like this is just so wild and becoming a trending topic every time another random light skinned woman comes out and is like, I'm pregnant with Nick Cannon's baby. It's just too much. What? Why? Why? Give me a reason that makes sense. Because whatever this reasoning was didn't make any sense to me. It's a little messy. It's so much. Yeah. If you want to leave a good legacy, write a book. Write a book. Uh, make some music. He doesn't need to make music. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's made some music. He made a song to his mom thanking her for not aborting him. It was like a pro-life song. Oh. A pro-life rap song. Yeah. No. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this okay. is expl- okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's all coming together at one time, I see. So I just, I want him to cool it. Like to quote Liz Lemon talking to Jenna Maroney on 30 Rock, you need to cool it. <laughs> that is my message to Nicholas. Um, this is a really much, a very much a reach of a story. Okay. There's a new feud. Okay. In the world of friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so at the Friends reunion, David Schwimmer brings up, the fact that what what is one thing you didn't like James Corden or someone asked him like what is one thing you didn't like or like didn't get about your time on Friends and like if you could go back and change anything what would you change and David Schwimmer talks about how he didn't like he, early on in seasons one and two Ross had a monkey okay <laughs> monkey and his name was Marcel and this was a storyline for I, him he I had, didn't know that about Friends yes. I, w- I would imagine that is not realistic in to have a monkey in a New York City apartment it's not no landlord you know, would allow that you know Ross was eccentric okay <laughs> and he had a co-star and he said that you know he, working with Marcel was a headache and you know the fact that the bait like the, the, the monkey had to poop all the time and mm. dealing with the train and all of this but now Marcel's trainer has come oh. out of the woodwork oh, no. and says how dare you speak ill of dead monkey co-star on friends <laughs> <laughs> I told you we didn't have stories <laughs> well, how is he speaking ill all he's just saying is like I wasn't well equipped to deal with a monkey Marcel's trainer Mike Morris thinks it is despicable for Schwimmer to still be speaking ill of Marcel Schumer was fine with the monkeys the first couple of episodes and happy to be there, but people would laugh at the monkey, and I think he got jealous because it wasn't him getting the laughs. He seemed to get a little bitter about them being there after that. He's not the kind of actor who can improvise. (laughs) (laughs) Just that final dig. Gotta have those digs. You gotta just insult David Schwimmer's improvisation And that's the thing, is when like a top story of the week is David Schwimmer versus Monkey Trainer... You know you got a good week. It's not like David Schwimmer is like saying this monkey was an asshole. Right. <laughs> like, no. He's I'm just, sure David Schwimmer wishes the monkey well. Well, the monkey's no longer yes, with us. Yes, or wished the monkey well. Yes. He's in heaven now with yes. the uh, bird, T'Challa. T'Challa. Oh. You know, all the animals are in animal heaven so yes. they're having a good time. I'm sure yes. Mar- Marcel the monkey's just looking down at his trainer being like, dude, cool it. You need to cool it also. You need to calm down. You need to calm down, much like Nick Cannon and Taylor Swift her fucking self. You need to calm down. So it's almost like he's still got a monkey on his back. Oh, okay. Katie can't speak for herself. And that's why I'm speaking out for her. Who's Katie? Katie's Marcel's real name, I guess. It was a female monkey, but Marcel was his name on the show. She was playing, she was transgender at the time. Oh, wow. Wow. I know. The representation. I mean, representation matters. On Friends. Yes. Who said Friends didn't have representation? <laughs> it's true. It had a female monkey playing a male monkey. 
Wow, this is beautiful. Iconic. Back in the 90s. It was a different time. Give that monkey an Emmy, guys. Honestly. Honestly. So is there any more news you'd like to share with the people? You know, this was a rousing <laughs> week of news. Really I was. have to say. It was a special week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with more 2K Mats, the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Guys, we've heard it. <laughs> we did hear we it. We listened to Feed Your Love by the Spice Girls. Yep. The second of two B-sides to Wannabe. Yes. And it... It's really taking that tempo down. It is. It's very slow. And it's basically a Mel B solo. Yeah. Which is fun, which reminds me of, there was a B-side, I think it's called Baby Come Round was the mm. B-side. That was basically like a Mel C solo. Interesting. It was a B-side to Mama. Is uh, it I good? Believe, with, uh, it, it's nice. Okay. It's Mel C, so you're like, she sounds great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Feed Your Love uh, was lovely, harmless. Yeah. I can see why it was a B-side. Yes. Uh, so that is our update on the Spice Girls' uh, new discography, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I mean, that's strong. New, <laughs> new B-side 25 years later. <laughs> uh, so this is Email My Heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at 2gaymats at gmail.com, to spell T-W-O. So we did get an email. We got two, actually. Yeah. Cole, uh, we got an email from, and he says, email my heart. Hey, boys, my question for you is, what is a musical detail that you don't like in a song you love? Production-wise, for example, West Coast by Lana Del Rey is one of my fave songs of hers, but there is an annoying siren sound that appears towards the end of the song that has always bugged me. I still love the song, but have to... Just make peace with it. Let me know. Do you have one? I guess maybe. Okay. I mean, like, if we could have just auto-tuned Lumi D. <laughs> uh, for uh-oh. That's not a small piece of that song. Though. That song would have been great. The lead singer of the song is the lack of auto-tune. Okay. <laughs> Truly. I think I mentioned also in the Ariana Grande song, uh, the last song on yours, Truly. Mm. Uh, what is it called again? Hold on. It's... um. Uh, Better Left Unsaid okay. I think it's such a Stunning song mm-hmm. But I think the If you wanna party Put your hands <laughs> up Is just like One thing the song Just like Doesn't need mm. And I feel cheapens The song a little bit I think if it wasn't there It would be Incredible Interesting Yeah I'm trying to think of something. I mean, in a similar vein, I feel like Did I Do That from Rainbow, the Mariah Carey song, has always been a song I've gone back and forth with. And it's the, I think, the very loud masterpiece sample of You Can't Stop Now, You Can't Stop, You Can't Stop, whatever, is too much. And the thing is, like, that whole sample probably doesn't super work. And there's so much about the song that production-wise is all over the map that you don't notice how hilarious it is lyrically. Like, the fact that she's calling Derek Jeter so fucking dumb (laughs) throughout every verse and chorus. Every lyrical moment is brilliant, and I feel like if the production on that song was just a little different or a little toned down, it would not overshadow, like, the pre-obsessed, pre-clown, like, tell-off diss track that Did I Do That is. Okay, so you you think... 
the production sort of distracts from like how funny. Absolutely, the song is. it does. It just is so. The, the, the production is so off kilter and over the top that it's like takes away from the brilliance of the lyric. Like throughout, even like the big orchestral opening where she's just like. It's great. I love it. It's great. (laughs) It's great. But it just gets too noisy. It gets too overwhelming. I feel like the production there could have been softened so that the lyrics shone a little brighter. There is a song that I think is an excellent song, Mm. but something about the mixing (laughs) is so off to me that it's hard to listen to. It is a song by a group that you love. Uh Oh, I'm nervous. The Sugar Babes. What song? Overload? Something about the mixing of the music and the voices. It sounds like the muse, the background music was recorded playing off of a computer and I just put my phone (laughs) in front of the speaker and that is the backing track. And then I just sang the vocal into my phone and over to me, the vocal just like sounds so not connected or meshed with the backing track. It's so distracting to me. And it's so frustrating because like you listen to the actual like melody and you're like, Oh yes. Truly. And even like the production is really cool and everything. But something about like the way the vocals are mixed in there is just so, so off to me. I need to listen to the song again because I've heard it so many times that I'm so used to it that Mm. I can't even think of it sounding any different. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Interesting. Okay. It it just feels like it's like someone forgot like a polish here. (laughs) It's like polish this a little bit. I I don't know. You're the music Recording expert. That is true. So, I am. So maybe you can tell me what my problem is if you'd listen to it. All right, I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, and so another email uh, came to us from Brandon. Brandon says, "End of year culture wrap up." Hi, Matts. After sending you my question on Girls Five Eva two weeks ago, I had an idea about a possible release towards the end of the year. Would you ever consider making a video slash podcast app on your favorite movies, TV, and music of the year? There's nothing I love more than having a retrospective reflection on that the culture that got me through the year and hearing what. Uh, did so for you would be a dream. Brandon, I absolutely agree. I love a putting everything in the category of a year. You do love that. I love that. That's your but, thing. Uh, so we actually do do that for 2019. We had two separate podcasts. If you go, if you look deep in our podcast, mm. um, you will find we did a podcast for our favorite movies of the year and our favorite songs of the year. Okay. And then for 2020, we did something a little different. We, uh, You can find our end of year best of best songs of the year yeah. wrap up like countdown on our po- our Spotify podcast the two gay mats the listening party right so if you want to hear that you uh, can go to two gay mats the listening party and we have like videos yeah I was gonna say I think we have a um, few videos where we talk about like oh this is the content or like the movies and TV shows and podcasts we really love through the year and yeah all like that. I know we did it for 2017 or in 2016 like around there so I believe you so it's we we do have them Brandon but on just various different platforms totally totally <laughs> yeah all right, so Matt Steele. Yes. It's coming to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I have one question for yeah, you. Yeah, 33 minutes. In. I know. It's like I told you. Uh, what's been giving you moments, darling? Okay, so this is something that I have seen many, many times before and haven't seen it, like watched it in full in a few mm. years. Uh, but decided to watch it this week because it was two in the morning and I was bored. <laughs> My God, go to bed. <laughs> no, because I was like, I'm just going to start watching the 
recording of the original 1976 Broadway production of Pacific Overtures that was recorded for Japanese television back almost 50 years ago. Um, okay. I've seen it before many times. I've talked about Pacific Overtures occasionally on the Two Game Matt show and on the podcast, how it's one of my absolute favorite Sondheim scores and how I love the show so much. And I was just reminded in watching the full thing. I thought I was only going to watch like 10 minutes of it. I, I watched the entire two and a half hours. That night? Yes, I did. Matt Steele. Look, I had nothing to do the oh, next God. morning. Oh, God. So Pacific Overtures is a, a Stephen Sondheim musical. Uh, John Weidman wrote the book, and it is about essentially the westernization of Japan in the 1800s. A weird topic for a musical that you wouldn't. It's deep. It's, it's deep. Yes. Guys. Um, and it is the weirdest, most brilliant <laughs> musical you'll ever experience. The original production was directed by Hal Prince, and uh, it was stylized in a as a like kabuki theater, mm. which is very broad, big makeup, big masks, wigs, crazy sets, and everything. Very loud, dramatic storytelling told by all men because women were not allowed to you know perform in theater in the, okay. when kabuki theater originated and everything. So. It has all men playing women's roles. And this time I was so struck by how brilliant the ensemble was and how insanely queer the ensemble was. All right. You watch the entire thing and it's a bunch of gays (laughs) just dressed up like women performing these women's roles so brilliantly. And there's one guy, Mark Sue Sires, who's like probably the only straight guy in the cast. (laughs) And he's just sort of like the token baritone and he just plays all the token men. I love it. But the character work that is being done by these men in 1976 is just so remarkable. Like certain people play like eight different roles Mm. And they are so excellent. I don't think this ensemble is given enough credit in like the history of musical theater canon. Like they really are phenomenal performers, phenomenal actors. And I mean, I mean, I've said it before on this show, like I can't say enough about how incredible the score is. Mm. Um, It's just your first time viewing it is an interesting experience because you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you're like, how is this a musical? I don't know. I can't wait to make you listen to it for the oh, listening Lord. party. I'm so excited. Is it all on YouTube, the performance that was recorded? Yes, it's okay. all on YouTube. You can watch it. Um, but I can't wait to make you listen to the cast recording for the okay. listening party. One day further down the road, we still yes. have a lot of musicals to get through before we get to Pacific Overtures. Okay. Pacific Overtures is a little advanced. Okay. Uh, so, but I just... It, the, the the cast is what really struck me and I was just like so inspired by all of them um, and so I like dove deep into like the history of and like the performance the past and future performances of all of these actors who were in this show and like their lives are just so fascinating especially to be an Asian actor in 1976 right. who wanted to do musical theater like there were very few opportunities out right. there and everything and they really you can tell took their chances with this show. You just, they're like, this is like, we are given the chance to perform in a Stephen Sondheim show, play all of these insanely juicy roles, and they really just like, take them and run. Like, all right. These performances are so phenomenal. And they're very big, obviously, because it's community no. style. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you so love you, something big. You know, I love a big, broad performance. Yes. And this is just that tenfold. All right. So, so yeah, I was really just, I'm always inspired when I listen to or see Pacific Overtures, but I was mostly struck by the acting um, 
uh, in this instance. Okay. So, so yeah, everyone needs to check it out. If you like musical theater and even if you don't check it out, mm. give it a whirl. Well, I would like to shout out um, an EP by a young artist named Griff, who I believe is half Asian. I'm not sure if she's Japanese or what, but she's half All Asian. All right, half this is Japanese time. It is. She might not be Japan. Japanese. I don't want to say that she is, okay, but she well, is half we're, Asian. We're half, representing the Asians for yes, giving me moments. Absolutely. She's half Asian and half black, and I believe she is British. And she put out an EP entitled One Foot in Front of the Other. It is excellent. Uh, the first single off of that is a song called Black Hole, which I think is gotten over 30 million listens on Spotify. She just is one of those people that clearly has been inspired lyrically and melodically uh, from Taylor Swift a lot. Mm. Uh, hopefully she doesn't hear this and sue her, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, she clearly has gotten a lot of sonically and lyrically and just like about how she builds her songs and her bridges and the production around them from Taylor specifically, like a 1989 era kind mm-hmm. of Taylor sound. And I just love everything about this EP. There's so many highlight tracks. Uh, There are, I believe, seven songs on the EP. My personal favorites along with Black Hole are One Foot in Front of the Other, Heart of Gold, and Remembering My Dreams is also very good. And there's this final song called Walk, which is so... It is truly one of the most joyful songs that's just like... Uh, just about being effusively in love that's so specific uh, lyrically which you know I am drawn to Mm -hmm. and is so just like buoyant and joyful and not like paint by numbers you'd think like a a song a love song that's a pop song and up tempo you'd think like yeah we've heard it but Mm -hmm. like she gives it so much there's such a unique point of view there and I think she's got such a huge career ahead of her I'm so excited for her I think all of these young artists that are you know inspired and like grew up listening to Taylor Swift are really coming to light right now like obviously the Olivia Rodrigo's of the world but also there's an artist Conan Gray who put in an album that is very good entitled Kid Crow back in 2020 I also very much love so if you are getting burnt out on Olivia Rodrigo at all and are looking for other artists in that same vein I would recommend giving Griff a listen she's got production chops as well she produced she wrote several of the songs i believe on her own and she's produced some of the songs completely on her own as well so she is like a young triple fucking threat like she can get into a studio by herself and make something amazing which a lot of artists today can't say that they can do not everybody has that not everybody has that to their credit so i griff g-r-i-f-f i assume she's gonna be the next big thing she was recommended to me for a long time by Corey, who i was sure is gonna text me about this so i just have to say you know, Corey being a broken clock is right every once in a while. And he was right about Griff. She is it. Uh, so she is a like young songwriter, but she's like happy music. I mean, mostly. it's it's happy. I mean, I don't know. It's that not it's, Olivia Rodrigo. It's not Olivia sad. Rodrigo. No, it is not Olivia Rodrigo. Okay. Sad. It is definitely, you know, there's a range of emotions for sure, but it's not like I am upset. Okay. <laughs> and like, let's talk about that for 12 tracks. Um, is, is, there is a song you've been playing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, then I hear through the walls and I'm just like, this song's fucking great. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. There's a song that you've been playing over and over again. Is is that it? It sounds very poppy and very happy. Very poppy, very happy. And I, I was know. thinking it was uh, Zara Larson because you were talking about how much oh, you love her. Oh, it could be Zara Larson. I do love her. I don't I don't know what it okay. is. Okay. Well, sorry. all I know is there's happy music coming through your walls. I mean, I love a happy song. 
I love a happy music. We so. love happiness, guys. We support happiness here at the happiness is in, and Griff is bringing it back to the forefront in 2021. So happiness is finding a pencil. Okay, pizza like with that. I don't like that song. Um, <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening, Matt Steele. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being in the apartment, paying your rent. Yes, and you as well. Always yes. paying on time. We love that. Uh, you know, we pay on the East Wing. We do. We pay on the West Wing as well, guys. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.